Hi, everyone. Welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm Michael Potts, Managing Digital Editor at the Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Peak bone strength, which occurs in early adulthood, has been shown to be a marker for later risk of osteoporosis. However, the effects of various levels of physical activity in early life on this measure of bone strength are not well understood. Here with us today to speak about his research on the topic is Dr. Ahmed El-Hakim, who is Senior Research Associate in Epidemiology at Bristol Medical School. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. El-Hakim. Let's dive into your study. Can you tell us a little about how your study came about and how you decided on the topic? We, we know that uh, bone strength increases um, as, as you get older throughout childhood, and this tends to peak around early adulthood, young adulthood. Um, there's also, it's also thought that peak bone strength in early adulthood is a marker of the future risk of fractures and osteoporosis. So this is an aging related disease that's uh, characterized by bone loss. So hip fractures make up a big proportion of the osteoporosis disease burden, and therefore it, it's, it's important to, to identify modifiable early life factors that might influence the attainment of peak hip strength. There's data out there that suggests that high intensity physical activity is important for bone strength, but a lot of that is based on a single time point assessment of physical activity. And what we wanted to do is to explore the role of long-term patterns of physical activity in bone strength. So that's pretty much how the study came about. Why did you choose to measure physical activity with accelerometers rather than self-reported activity as previous studies have? So both types of data collection have strengths and limitations. Self-reports are not um, ideal for capturing light intensity activity whereas accelerometers can give you a direct measure of the time spent at different intensities. Self-reports are also more susceptible to errors. So for example, it's difficult to remember exactly how much activity or what type of activity you did or in the past week. Whereas again, with the, with the accelerometer, you've got um, a more direct measure of this. So that's why we kind of went for the accelerometers over self-reports. Overall, you found that more time spent in physical activity in adolescence was associated with significant differences in bone health markers at age 25 years. Were there any notable differences observed in the effects of early physical activity on bone mineral density between girls and boys? What we did was we tried to look for groups of patterns of activity over long-term in both the males and the females. So we did these analysis separately in, in males and females. Um, and this was kind of a data-driven approach. So you'd see what groups the data bring you out. So we got different groups in between males and females. So for example, in the males, we had most of them assigned to a, a low adolescent moderate to vigorous activity group with only about 6% that had high early adolescent and 9% high mid-adolescent uh, MVPA. Um, in, in the females, the groups were a bit different. So we had what, most females in a low adolescent and low adult moderate to vigorous activity group. Then we had a small proportion who increased, who 
who stayed low through adolescence but increased their moderate to vigorous activity in adulthood. And another group who had high moderate to vigorous activity throughout adolescence. So these were kind of the different activity groups between the males and the females. The results overall between them are fairly consistent, although it's difficult to compare. So for the males, we found that compared to those with low adolescent moderate to vigorous activity, those who, the two other groups, so the high early adolescent and high mid adolescent, both had average, on average, uh, greater bone density at age 25. But in the females, we found that compared to the group with low uh, uh, moderate vigorous activity throughout follow-up, those that had higher levels in adolescence had greater bone density, whereas the group who also had low levels in adolescence but increased their levels of moderate vigorous activity in adulthood, they didn't really have any, there wasn't any noticeable differences in bone density. How do you think that your findings will impact clinical practice? The results highlight adolescence as a potentially important period for bone development through high-intensity exercise, and that this could benefit future bone health and potentially prevent osteoporosis in later life. So it's just important for clinicians, I guess, to be aware of, of, of the value of high-intensity activity in, in this time period and in this age group. We've also confirmed previous studies which showed that the levels of high-intensity activity decline with age in, in tr- throughout adolescence. And so it's really important to support young people to remain active at this age. What knowledge gaps still exist in this area and what should future studies focus on? It's important to replicate our results in other independent studies um, and, and see if you can get the, the same findings. And that would make you more confident in the value of the results. Um, at the same time, they, we did a small exploratory analysis as part of the study where we looked at different measures of activity. So rather than focusing on intensity, we looked at the level of impact of activity. And there was a suggestion there that in addition to high intensity activity, high impact activity is also likely to be important for bone strength. And, but this was a quite a small sample. So it would be nice to see bigger studies that look at this specific measurement of, of activity. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Al-Hakim.